are here. Another Monday afternoon. Um, day before game three of the Lakers uh, Nuggets. Western Conference Finals. This is also, what, about four or five hours before my Raiders kick off Monday night showdown with the New Orleans Saints. Michael Thomas is out. I think Ruggs was upgraded, so he might play. Um, we'll see how that goes. He might be, if he does play, probably on limited snaps. We'll see, but that is our deep ball threat right there. Um, <clears throat> so for last, well, yesterday was just, I, I think yesterday was just a phenomenal day in sports overall, uh, especially with football, where we had... Um, we had a nail-biter with the Patriots in Seattle. Came down to the last play. Uh, <clears throat> three seconds left on the clock. And Cam couldn't get, get it into the end zone. Great stop by Seattle. Uh, but prior to that, we had, I guess, in a way you can say, I want to say a momentum adjuster. Uh, I think, I think heading into the Western Conference Finals, we were as rested as you could be, right? Uh, not only that, <clears throat> it gave us time to um, just, you know, mentally rest, you know, because it's a lot. It's still a lot going on. You got to remember that we're playing inside of a new atmosphere. All these players are playing inside the bubble, uh, and it's still fairly new. It, it's just that you could just tell with certain players, if not most of them, they adjusted real quick. Um, it's just less pressure, you know what I mean? And <laughs> I think some players are still <clears throat> affected by the circumstances uh, inside the playoffs. And you know, I'm going, I'm going with a PG thirteen right now. Uh, they own his bumper, you know. And I think, I think. All jokes aside, like dude could hoop, you know, and I but I think the best version of PG thirteen, hands down, and I think a lot of people would agree with this, is that that Indiana guy was something special. Even though he was somewhat the replace uh he was a replacement player for Danny Granger, who was a fucking monster, by the way. Uh that one two punch would have been crazy if they would have both been at their peak, especially going up against that Miami squad. But uh, I was definitely a PG-13 advocate at one point. Um, you know, even when he had to come back off of that gruesome injury, um, he's, just, he's, a, he's just a phenomenal talent. A lot of these players don't get that, that superstar or even star, not, uh, star title notch because... It's the mentality, you know what I mean? And then, you know, they compare him with certain players and things like that. I'm not sure you if you can compare a PG-13 to another player that's, you know, that played in the league or even that's playing in the league now because we're talking about, you know, he's a linky uh, wingman who can, you know, at times play defense, you know, as good as he... He's not as good as he used to in Indiana, but he was locking some shit up, you know, from time to time. Uh, he can shoot the three ball. He can attack the rim. Um, his mid game is not bad, but it's the mentality. <clears throat> it's the mentality and it's also the leadership 
that at some point you need to start to get into. Along with Kawhi, you know, a lot of people give Kawhi a pass because he is a two-time Finals MVP. Uh, He has won two titles on both sides of the conference, and that's understandable. Um, I gave him a pass for this year myself because um, just for that alone, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I I, I still get my jokes off about the Clippers in general, overall, Um, and... I will continue to get these jokes off. But at the same time, I can break down each and every player individually. But I'm just looking at the two superstars. I think uh, our next week's show, we'll talk about the organization overall as far as the Clippers. But those two individually, um, like I said, they're not giving PG-13 a pass this time. And I think some of that heat comes from a lot of Laker fans who actually wanted PG-13 in a Laker jersey. And I still stand by that. I still stand, stand, I still stand by that for the simple fact that I think it comes down to when, when you are lacking something in your game, uh, physically, you have to figure that out, you know, cause only you can go in the gym and get that prepared for yourself. Mentally, it's the same thing, but there's also other leaders that can help you get there faster or efficiently. Or they could just force it in you to to play better, um, and a lot of players have done that before. Kobe, Braun, uh, MJ. Like I know we bring up those three names all the time, but there's all there's also like I mean, I, Tim Duncan. Uh, as weird as he may seem, and as quiet uh, as he may seem at times, he was still a vocal leader. You know, they 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 do have clips of him actually. You know, talking his shit up in the in the huddle, you know, and he also has a a sense of humor as well. But when you look at when you look at Kawhi's history, he was never big verbally, you know. And it's not to say that he doesn't because we don't get the footage, but it's not to say that he's not actually, um, you know, leading his team in the locker room uh, vocally. We just don't hear much of it. We don't hear much about it. You know what I mean? We don't even hear his ass. We don't even hear his teammates uh, bring him up. Whereas we've seen some of these players on the court, like verbally chop into somebody. We've seen we've seen LeBron, uh, you know, motivate during a timeout. We've seen LeBron get frustrated at his teammates. Shout out to J.R. Smith. Kobe the same way. There's footage of Kobe walking out of practice because he was sick of their shit. Now, some people will say, you know, that's just him being, you know, being Kobe, him being frustrated or being stubborn, whatever the case you want to call it, but that was part of his leadership was just saying, look, if y'all going to come with this soft shit today, I'm not about to be a part of it. And the only reason why he's able to do that is because he's already sustained himself as one of the greatest players of, that, you know, has ever played the game, even while he was still playing. You know, there's a, there's, there's, there's a lot of players outside of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James that has had that effect on their teammates. You know, but there's also the respect. You know, that whole Pacers squad had a, a, a million of just... I would say just countless of respect for Reggie Miller. You know, we knew Reggie was getting the ball if it was, you know, two or three, four points, they're down. We know who the ball was going to. And Reggie had the right to bark at his teammates 
or or speak up and be the one to lead the team uh, with his leadership because of the work that he did on the court. It wasn't everybody else. Magic, you know, there's a lot of leaders out there, and everybody has their way of leading. You know, everyone has a way of being a leader for that particular franchise. Everybody leads in a different way. Some people yell, some people motivate. You know, it's like coaches. You know, like Pete Carroll, you can tell he's more of a player coach, and he adapts to his players a little bit more. Not much yelling probably is probably going on. But then you got the Bobby Knights. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got the coaches that go out there and will bark and yell at you. Um, you know, that's just how it is. People have different leadership type styles, you know. Um, and as far as PG-13, it was time for him to, it was time for him to step into that leadership role. And from, and from the, I guess the rumors that we're getting, there were some teammates that after that loss just went in on PG-13 because apparently the narrative was PG-13 that never feels like he does anything wrong. You know what I mean? And one thing about being a leader is that sometimes you got to take the L, especially when you're a part of it. You may not be the reason for the L, but you still, you, you are still the leader of that franchise. So you have to take some accountability. Uh, with Kawhi is like, because of his persona, the way he carries himself and the way he, that he's always carried himself, it's hard to sit up there and say, well, this is what he needed to do. This is what he was supposed to do when he has won before. But at the same time, this is the first time that he's actually been an actual leader on the team. And the reason why I say that is because in San Antonio, you have you have a list of leaders that was on that team. You do. You have a list of leaders that was on that team. Um, when you look at Toronto, it would be easy to say that this man went over here and won that chimp for them. But to say that he didn't have a strong supporting cast, that's a lie because Toronto actually pushed Boston, you know what I'm saying, in the playoffs this year. So they showed that they already had a strong squad. Now you come over here to the Clippers and they put all these dynamic pieces together um, it was supposed to be one of the top defending teams in the league, but again, the one thing that they always said was the leadership, um, and just the chemistry. But uh, again, I don't want to get on the whole entire squad because I have a special show set aside for the Clippers. Uh, but getting back to PG 13, it's like, uh, he's going to have to, he's going to have to, he's going to have to change his game. Cause this is it. Like they are already, they're they're actually done with PG thirteen. Like they're actually done. And the, and the thing about it is, he's more than just a serviceable uh, player. He is a solid second option on the team. But you got to be consistent. You got to be consistent, and you got to show up in big games, big moments. Uh, which leads me to AD. He has been that guy. Roughly through, through majority of the playoffs, you know what I mean. Last night's game showed showed me two things: the Nuggets, regardless, are going to are going to play their heart out because they're playing with house money, right? 
but they also have something to prove that we don't necessarily need a top 10 um, or a top five player, which Jokic to me is a, definitely a top five center in the league, maybe even the best. Uh, do we consider him the top 10 player in the league? You just got to go down, go, go down the names, but I don't think so as of right now. I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but he's up there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him top 10. Just off, not even just, you know, just off of GP, I wouldn't even give him top 10. Jamal Murray is still fighting for his recognition. It, it feels like the beginning stages of where Dane was at. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you wasn't watching Jamal Murray in college, then you wouldn't understand why it's nothing really new. It's just that uh, I'm more surprised that that he is considered, he, he should be considered a top point guard in the league now, right? But a lot of that comes with consistency, you know what I mean? And he's a young point guard, and, you know, he's been injured in his career, um, and he's been overshadowed by a lot of other guards, especially out there what out there in the West. So, um, this is a statement series, though, and I think the Nuggets, the Nuggets, is, will always be in a good position because they play they play tough, they play tough, and they have a great offense, and they get they have great they have great leaders. You know, they have great leaders. Um, their supporting cast is good. I like their coach a lot. You know what I mean? And it's, and I can't really take anything away from, from, from the coach because at the end of the day, when you, you know, when you lose a game that you damn near should have won, that you had no, you had no, he wasn't supposed to win that game in general. You know we're we're supposed to sweep the the sweep the Nuggets because they're not even supposed to be there. But when you put your team in a position to win a game and you lose the game with two seconds left, um, a twenty seven percent chance uh, field goal winning shot by a power forward, uh, in which the play was not drew up for him, I gotta take my hat off to the uh, to the to the to the Nuggets coach because. Is there's no adjusting that you can do to that. That's pretty much you did all the adjusting in the second half in general, where with the help of the Lakers just actually not knocking down shots. And one point we didn't score for two minutes in a in a in a clutch moment, two minutes straight. So that was more so on the Lakers would have would have been I would have been pointing my finger at the Lakers for actually losing that game than the Nuggets actually winning that game. At the same time they showed that throughout this playoff, they're gonna always come back. So at this point, we're not we're not surprised by that. But what we did do was it was a statement game. They did make a comeback. They did go up by one with two seconds left, and we still beat them. You know what I'm saying? Nine times out of ten, when them Nuggets come back, they're going to pull it off. And it didn't happen last night. I must say, shout out to AD. I was very pleased because he he had actually knocked down two big buckets late in the fourth, and um, the question has been posed um, before, and that's it. And that is, who needs to be the best player on the Lakers? You know, is it Bron? Is it AD? And 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 or others? 
I will say this. Looking at the stats, I know Caruso had about nine. Uh, outside of Caruso, it wasn't much support. I think Kuz only had eight points. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. We've been shooting a lot better. I think we shot 30. Well, yesterday wasn't a very good shooting night. We shot 36% from three-pointer. Um, and actually, the Nuggets shot uh, 33%, you know. So we had a lot of turnovers, 25 turnovers, and they scored about 15 points after those 25 uh, turnovers. So we can't have that. So what I'm looking at is that a bad shooting night from the from from beyond the arc, which most of our shooters are. We you know that's what they do. They shoot from beyond the arc. That's their specialty. Um, so with a, with a, with a bad shooting night, and then you combine that with some of those were just unnecessary turnovers. Rondo would play the huge part in that, and Rondo had a bad playoff game last night. Uh, but his presence is still needed. His leadership is still needed, and that goes back to the leadership because we have a lot of leadership on that team. I don't think AD is at the top of that list when it comes to leadership as far as vocal. Uh, at the same time, I'm not in a locker room. I'm not in a huddle. But we know for a fact Bron is. We know for a fact Rondo is on the court. You know what I mean? And in the locker room, because that's the type of player that he is. So we got leadership. And we're pushing it. But I think LeBron still needs to be the best player. But I do agree that AD should be, should he should be allowed to go after that finals MVP. Which means he should be killing. But I still think that when Bron is going off, Everybody has to feed off of that energy. Because the one thing I don't, this is the one thing that I'm afraid of. Sure, AD can be the focal point. I don't want to burn him out for one. And two, I don't want to put him in the position where we're overusing him to injury. Those two. The third thing that I'm going to add is probably the most important thing is that if Braun is not participating in the momentum if he's not participating in the takeover, then that leaves AD to carry that anchor, which I believe is still a second-tier leader. And I don't want it to be a close game in the fourth quarter and Braun is not available mentally because he played the backseat. That I don't need. I've seen him play the backseat before when he played with Wade and Bosch. And that's not good. So I need him to, and if anything, if, if if there's going to be a break, take it in the second quarter. But that's that third and that fourth quarter, especially late, anything under seven minutes left in that fourth quarter, I need total takeover. I need headband, bar, uh, Bron, whatever y'all want to call him, playoff takeover, Bron, playoff activated, whatever the fuck you want to call himself. I'm gonna need that. AD is playing lights out. If there was a finals MVP in the Western Conference Finals, he would definitely be the headliner for that. So I salute him. I just need Cass to stop falling on the goddamn floor <laughs> after every shot or layup or rebound attempt. It's like, you know. <clears throat> but I'm pleased with the outcome. And if we can continue to make this statement 
And if, and especially if we end up sweeping them, with, which a lot of people predicted that this might go six or seven, I stay with my regular five because I, I was respectful enough to get the Nuggets one game. I thought that would have been the first one. But if they was to sweep the Nuggets, that's sending a message to them Clipper niggas. That's just, it has nothing to do with the Nuggets at that point. If we was to 4-0 sweep the Nuggets, that has nothing to do with the Nuggets. That was all about the Clippers right there. That was basically saying we demolished a team that created history against y'all. And I'm with it. I'm with it. Like I said, of course I have my my Lakers winning this series and going out to the to the finals. But I have nothing bad to say about the Nuggets at all. I really don't have not one negative thing to say. Maybe they maybe they should run the offense a little bit more, or split it between Jokic and, and 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 the young Porter kid because he's ready to play. Like that nigga is ready. And 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 by the way, at one at at certain point in the game, him and Braun was taking that shit personal. You could tell, you know, because Porter hit a couple of big shots. Not necessarily. All the shots are big in the playoffs, but there were some some key shots that that Porter got off on Bron, and Bron was in his mug. Then there was times where Bron had to, you know, bully his way to the basket. You know what I mean? Blocking shit, <laughs> you know, and it was just he was going at him. And I'm pretty sure he'll give some words of wisdom to the kid once the series is over. But I have nothing to say about that Nugget squad. The, the amount of respect that I have for that team overall. Monte Morris, like, these cats can play, man. These cats, and he was huge in the series before. He was huge in the series before that. They, they got some great players. That coach is coaching them well. I'm not mad at them at all. I mean, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't think there is an adjustment that you can do to beat my Lakers. It's more of us beating ourselves at this point. Um, Unless they end up doubling AD, which they have, you know, within the past two games, they threw a couple of double teams at him. He just fade away out of that or AD kicks it out. But I don't think it's much that you can do. Like I said, there's not much adjustments you can do depending on the roster you have and the roster that you're going up against. The effort in trying, that will always be saluted. But at the same time, I'm not sure if I'm going to break my back on trying to... Um, for something that 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 that's not going to work. Um, but I do think I, I I do think the Nuggets, um, if they can keep the the same roster and these casting elevate their game individually, they'll be a monster in the West. They'll be a monster in the West. Um, but that's it. I'm looking. I'm I'm looking forward to for, look looking forward to the game tomorrow, and also. Uh, I know the Saints don't have Michael Thomas. Uh, and again, we might be missing rugs. We don't know yet. Um, but we're going to see how good this Raiders offense is against this Saints defense and see if he can keep up with their offense as well. You know, Drew Brees, can, he's missing his number one rec, uh, uh, weapon, but that's not going to take, that's not going to mean much because he still got some weapons around him. He still has Cook at tight end, he still has Kamara in the backfield. Um, so we'll see what it is. We'll see what it is. We'll see if we can actually get after the old guy and make it tough on him. We're playing in a new stadium. And yes, shout out to the, uh, to the woman that tweeted, my goddamn Raiders deserve to be in LA or Oakland right now, but you know how that shit go. It is what it is. <laughs> 
All right, y'all. I will see y'all next week. And hopefully by next week, I will be talking about us going up against one of those Eastern teams. Um, for the nostalgia, of course, I would like to play against Boston. Um, but if I just wanted to, to see an exciting one, and maybe even an easier matchup, I would definitely uh, like to see the Heat. You know what I mean? Because I would love to see Boston lose anyway. <laughs> Regardless if they lose to us or lose to the Heat, I would definitely like to see them lose. But um, I'll definitely see y'all next week. By the grace of God, I'll see y'all next week. And hopefully we we would already be uh, set to go in the finals. Maybe even the game into the finals. We'll see. All right, y'all. Overrun with BTG. Oh, don't forget... I'm dropping an episode about merch, so I, I guess it'll explain it a little bit more, but I am dropping merch. I'm just dropping merch when I'm able to, you know what I mean? Because I'm doing everything. I'm cutting the middleman out. The only person that I'm actually working with is, the, is actually the, the delivery companies, and that's actually them delivering my, sh- uh, my orders and delivering your orders. So that's it. Everything done from... The design and the printing and et cetera, that's me and my wife. That's me and my wife. So Overrun with BTG is introducing Game 7. And I'm also coming up with some other things as far as what I'm going to be attaching my brand to, you know, workout clothes, uh, joggers, et cetera. Uh, and they're not going to be no punk-ass punk, punk, punk podcast prices either. I'm talking my shit is going to be, yeah, you're going to come out the pocket for my shit if you like it because there ain't going to be no soft threads. Um, yeah, so be, be, on, be on the lookout, man. I'm going to start printing up my Game 7 shirts. You know what I mean? And, 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 what, and if you're asking, well, how did I come up with the whole, I didn't come up with Game 7. Game 7 is already thing, but why did I go with Game 7? Because Game 7 separates the Hall of Famers from the non-Hall of Famers, pretty much. Game 7, you got to be locked in. That's when or you absolutely go home. That's what Game 7. And we will always remember a Game 7 matchup. That's why Game 7 will be going on some threads, because you'll always remember those threads. All right, y'all. Overrun with BTG. The gym is closed. Holla at y'all next week.